Welcome to the Como Politicast. I'm Jeff Pogelip. The transition has begun. President Trump has cleared his team to work with the Biden campaign as a new administration prepares to take power. This despite the president not conceding his election defeat and continuing to sow doubt over the outcome. However, Team Biden has already begun piecing together a cabinet. A number of posts have already been filled, but several remain open. So far right now, obviously, Kamala Harris is the vice president, Secretary of State Antony Blinken. We also have Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Secretary of the Treasury is former Fed Chair Janet Yellen. Chief of Staff Ron Klain. National Intelligence Director Avril Haines. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. And U.N. Ambassador Linda thomas Greenfield. And joining me now to discuss these picks and some of the others that are coming up is Como News political analyst Ron Dotsauer. And the first thing that I notice about the picks that Joe Biden has made so far, half and half men and women. Men and women and the diversity, you know, immigrant, uh, uh, African-American woman, uh, Hispanic gentleman. And, you know, one of the things that Joe promised in the campaign is that his cabinet would reflect the country. But what's interesting is, overall, I was very impressed with the credentials and the background and the experience of these people. Moving into those positions, they're not going to have to learn where the bathroom's at, so to speak, right? (laughs) Everybody in their own field district, I thought, very impressive. It's an overall commitment, I think, um, to bring that kind of expertise his administration. Well, a couple of the major ones that are outstanding, and, and, and let's start with probably one of the most high-profile ones, Secretary of Defense. Obviously, there's a, a lot of people that are qualified for this position, both on the Republican and Democratic side, and, and one name that I've heard floated about there is bringing back James Mattis. Well, you know, that would be a really good choice. I am a, I am personally a big fan of Jim Mattis. He is an extraordinarily impressive gentleman, and if he were to come back, I think it would be applauded across the aisle. And of course, that's another commitment work across the aisles, which I hope that there will be receptive on the, on the part of the leadership of the Republican Senate in particular to do that, because I think he's sincere in wanting to do that. So, you know, what a little story here, Jeff, Mitch McConnell was the only Republican Senator to show up at Bo Blyden's funeral. So he, Mitch McConnell has a relationship from what I understand, a pretty good relationship with Joe Biden. And he showed up at Bo's funeral, which, you know, will, will be long remembered by Joe Biden. You mentioned the consent of the Senate because, you know, the, the cabinet positions, the, the head of uh, most of these agencies need Senate confirmation. And traditionally, the Senate has sort of deferred to the president, uh, regardless of party, allowing him to pick his team, uh, as opposed mm-hmm. to some of the judges where they provided a lot more input. Are we expecting the same thing or this time around? Given the credentials and the background of these folks that we saw and heard about today, it would be very hard to attack their backgrounds and say they're not qualified for these positions. We'll know very early on how this is going to go, whether or not we're going to, we're going to do the same old business as usual with hyperpartisan. Everybody should expect tough questions that they're hearing, but that's different than some of the kind of personal attacks and the kind of invectives that we have seen recently over these uh, nominations. Well, let's go through a couple of others uh, here. Again, not all of them. There's just simply too many. Attorney General, another high-profile spot. Let's just throw this one out there as Seattleites. Jenny Durkin, she's a former U.S. attorney. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think that's a real long shot, honestly. I think there's some other folks that may be in the queue ahead of her. 
But, you know, you never know. But I just don't think that's going to happen. Whom do you think is the top pick for AG? Well, do you want do you want a long shot? Are you ready for this <laughs> okay. one? Okay. Okay. Doug Jones from Alabama. Really? That's a long shot. What people don't know is he has a long, long history with Joe Biden. Back to the day when Joe Biden, I just heard this story this morning, and I'll share it with you and your viewers or listeners. When he was a U.S. Senate, he went to the University of Alabama and gave a speech, and this young this student came up to him and introduced himself, and his name was Doug Jones. Later on, he became a U.S. attorney, and then when Biden ran for president a few years after that, he called the campaign and said, what can I do to volunteer? And they made him co-chair in Alabama of Biden's campaign. Okay? Wow. So I don't know that that's going to happen. Um, I do know that Joe Biden is very fond of him. That's number one. Number two, I also know, even though he was only in the Senate there for a couple of years, his colleagues felt very good about him. So there's your, there's your sleeper pick for Attorney General. Don't hold me to it. There's your sleeper pick. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, a lot of people talking about Jay Inslee. As, uh, as I can see it, there are three positions that would seem to fit with him. Secretary of the Interior, Secretary of Energy, or EPA Administrator. Do you think he has a position in the Biden administration, or is he a little too left for what appears to be a moderate uh, White House? You know, I think Biden is looking for diversity, right? As a consequence, uh, it's possible that Governor Inslee actually hits that sweet spot for him, right? Obviously, President-elect Biden has made climate change a central tenet of his administration, and we saw that with the appointment of John Kerry today, right? to the climate envoy. Certainly, Governor Inslee has the, the climate credentials, having written books about it, been a national spokesman to a certain extent, and he ran for president on that message. So it seems to me any one of those three positions could fit that bill, you know, because, look, a number of folks within the progressive wing of the Democratic Party are going to be looking for some positions as well, quite frankly. And there are a number of people that are vying for, uh, including Bernie Sanders, who wants to be, who really does want to be the Secretary of Labor. That's where I was going to go next. The progressives want him as, as Secretary of Labor, but he was pretty far to the left compared to Joe Biden in the primary. Yep, and that'll be interesting to kind of watch and see what happens there. I'm sure there's a spot or two in that cabinet, certainly for the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. Who it's going to be and where it's at is obviously undetermined, Jeff. The other thing that people have to keep in mind that if you pull someone from particularly the Senate, but anywhere, you leave an open seat. And if they are in a vulnerable or swing district, they are not likely to leave if they think an open seat would shift from the Democrats to the Republicans. How much of that is a concern? That is an issue. That is absolutely an issue, Jeff. And they're going to try to be very careful because, look, the Dems don't even have much of a margin in the House. And nobody really knows until January 5th what it looks like in the Senate. There must be a big assurance that the, the D's are not going to give up a seat for an appointment. That would certainly dampen the selection process. But in, in Governor Inslee's case, for example, Lieutenant Governor-elect Danny Heck, um, if that were to happen, would become the governor until the next election. And I think the Democrats feel pretty confident that any one of the candidates that have been rumored as potential candidates 
uh, could win a general election next year. And sticking with the theme of Washingtonians, what about Patty Murray as Secretary of Veterans Affairs? Oh, I don't know. I mean, Patty would be great, right? She would certainly be great, and she has such a long history and, a, and has done an, an amazing job on Veterans Affairs issues. But, you know, there are, there's such a thing as, you know, being a United States senator is a very powerful position. And she's the second most powerful Democrat in the Senate just behind Chuck Schumer. That's right. And so I don't know. I mean, I haven't asked her about this, but I think she may be reluctant to give up that seat to become Secretary of Veterans Affairs. I've heard that potentially the governor of New Mexico, Michelle Luhan Griffin, she is actually, I'm told with some of my because I have an office in New Mexico, right, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of keep track of what happens in the West. And some of my sources in New Mexico have told me that she's a very strong candidate. Are there any other spots in the cabinet that you think that there is someone out there, regardless of where they're from, that's kind of a shoe-in or uh, has an edge up for the spot? No, I think they've, they've set up an extraordinarily deliberate process and extraordinarily deep vetting, deliberate vetting process. The last thing he wants is any major controversy over these appointments coming out of the box. There's too many other things on his agenda to have to deal with a, a firefight, if you will. And so I think they're just they're being cautious, deliberate, and thorough. All in all, what's your impression of the cabinet and the White House as it's coming together now? Well, as I said earlier, this group of folks that we saw today, and I was able had the chance to listen to each one of them speak, they're very impressive with credentials. Um, and you know, everybody talked about service. What, what a, what a concept, right? (laughs) Serving the public also about, you know, and the reasons they're doing these things and their backgrounds and, and they're just some, from what I can tell, at least, you know, initially very impressive resumes, well credentialed and well ready to take on these tasks. It would be my overall observation, Jeff. All right, Ron Dotsauer, Como political strategist and founder of Strategies 360. Thank you so much. You betcha, Jeff. Take care, buddy. And that will do it for this episode of the Como Politicast. If you like the show, please leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. And for more, be sure to check out our other shows, such as Como News This Week, Life Beat with Marina Rockinger, and our hourly news updates. All are available at comonews.com slash podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening, and have a good week.